0: Are now, are now listening, listening, to listening to The War, the Report. War Report, Wednesday, Wednesday night.
1: night War
0: with your host,
1: C-Dub. C-Dub. It's your boy, the Walker. I got my boys with me.
0: Mike, Mike. G,
1: Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development.
0: Ice Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And being we'll real. real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? ready? Because we are now now locked and loaded for the Wednesday Night War.
1: Let's go! Woo! We are in here on a Wednesday Night War Report family. Yes, sir. Welcome. Guys, how are you feeling tonight? It's Wednesday, eight days in a few days. It's almost like we got football coming a little bit man it is time it is time a little bit it is time it is time
2: i'm i'm looking forward to this weekend man it's going to be a good time if the weather holds up you know
1: yeah listen uh, they they forecasted some rain um it looks like it's going to hit early in the morning and hopefully be clear to mild by uh 1 p m central when a day is slated to start um so we'll keep our fingers crossed that they'll actually have good weather today so we can get a good look At a at the preview of what we're going to see this fall, um, I see that our usuals are following in here. I want to recognize Big and B Ham becoming a member. Welcome to Insider, my welcome. God, what's up, man? What's up, right? Um, George Miller, I see you in here. Auburn dad for life, Dallas Schwartz, Patrick Perry. Listen, um, we have the best community. We got the best Auburn community on the internet, hands down. That's Uh, true. I've been completely blown away uh, by the amount of support and uh, the conversation that, that happens in our group. So, um, you know, let's dig right into this. A-Day, what are we expecting here? Uh, if, um, if, you get, if you're a part of our community, you may have seen Ike and I went on uh, Mark Rogers TV, the voice of college football, yep. uh, to talk a little uh, A-Day preview. Uh, we talked a little Bo Nix. We talked a little Brian Harson. Um, and he had some questions about, you know, what do we expect to see here? So, uh, B, I'm going to start with you. What do you expect to see Saturday? What are you looking for Saturday during A-Day? Man. It,
0: it's it's got to be the quarterback situation. That's it. That's all I want to see. Everything else I have confidence in. Resolving itself. O-line. O-line and and quarterback are kind of on the same page as far as what we think we have and what we've seen over the last two years as far as production and and consistency. And they're both suffering at about the same clip. There's no way of knowing what we're going to get. There's no way of knowing how far behind the eight ball the O-line was simply because of coaching and system before. Um, There's no way of knowing the same for for the quarterback position, whether it's Bo or somebody different, because the guys behind Bo didn't get any quality instruction if the starter didn't. So uh, we're it's all a big question mark. My my number one question that I, that I want to see a lot. But what do I think we'll find out? I think we'll find out. How much progress has Bo made in these four weeks? That's what we'll find out. We'll right. see if that whole making the same mistake twice remark was very pointed or not. Um, that sounds like a guy who's who whose number one quarterback was doing some of the same things over and over again that he shouldn't have been doing. And that was right. Brian Harson being nice about it. Um, not even nice about it. He was just saying it direct without throwing Bo under the bus. There's no bus riding yet, you know, the Gus bus is gone. So um that, that's it. So did he specifically say the quarterback position is who was making the repeated mistakes? He didn't, and so that, that's why it's it's an assumption to say, right? He's talking about Bo, but. How many mistakes do other players on the offense or defense get to make? Like, you, you're you not over offensive line. Offensive
2: line could be p- like blocking responsibilities could be wrong, right? right? Like, it's like we listen, we've gone over this three times when we're doing this. You step first with your right foot, and this is how you do the slide protection. When we
1: call this audible, it could be an offensive line mistake that's happening consistently. It could be. Yeah, it listen, could be. listen, at the end of the day, Harson did. He talked specifically about Bo, right? And he said, that um you know he's got to be better under pressure, and you're not always going to get a clean pocket don't before right. anybody jumps down my throat this is, these are Harson's words you're not always going to get a clean pocket in the SEC, and your decision making under pressure just it just has to improve, right you know um there is a lot of misconceptions about how how many times that Bo actually threw the ball away last year. he didn't throw the ball away that much. You know, and, yeah, and, you and what Harson is way more. Way more. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that's kind of what Harson was driving at, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of decisions are you going to make when the pressure is long? Because sometimes the best play to make is no play. Right. And live the fight another day. Right. So, yeah. Now, so he did specifically right. say that about Bo. right? right. Like there's no, you no
2: know, uh, mincing words. He was specific. Well, he was specifically talking to our quarterbacks um, in general, about a lot right. of things, but, but he, uh, basically the idea um, is that, and, and we know this is a problem that Bo has had of, you know, wanting to try to do too much on a play. He's like, listen, we've got to figure out how to not throw the ball to the other team. It's okay. <laughs> right. It's all right for us to, to fight for another down by throwing the ball away or throwing it to a check down. You just pick up two or three yards. He, and I think his quote was, we want every possession to end in a kick, right? Whether that's an extra point, a punt or a field goal, Mm -hmm. right? Like he wants every possession to end in a kick. So no turnovers, whether that's on downs or fumbles or, uh, interceptions. We're just not going to be giving the other team the ball. Right. Uh, is what his 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 goal is.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what Harson owes Bo or anybody who's playing quarterback. He owes him them some competent plays with some options mm-hmm. to throw the ball to. Yep, they owe that to this offensive line. They owe that to these receivers because these guys, um, by all you know, uh, our from what we can see, are working their asses off right now. And come fall, they're going to have to trust that the coaches are going to call the right plays to put them in the right positions for everybody to make a play, not just Bo. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm looking. That's what I am looking for. I'm looking for some coaching competence. You know, because yeah. I know I know a lot of uh, eyes will be on the players, but I'm watching the coaches, man. Like, you know, if, if the players are buying in and they look, like they know what their assignments are. I expect the defense to make some plays. You know, I won't be upset if the defense wins a day. I won't at all. Right. And I don't think that that will indicate that we're going to have offensive struggles in the fall. Yeah. I hope that, you know, going 1v1s, I saw there was a comment here at early asking me if they if they're going 1v1s yet. The answer is yes. They are doing 1v1s in practice and yeah. uh hopefully this is the toughest competition that our offense is going to see all year. In practice, mm-hmm. on our practice field, because we have had championship level defenses, so you know that's what uh, I'm I'm hoping to see. So we talk a lot about offense. Ike, I want to go back to you on the defensive side of the ball. What are you hoping to see uh, this A day from from uh, Derek Mason's defense? Yeah, I
2: mean, I talked about this a little bit when we talked with Mark Rogers. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, that's live on his channel, the uh, Voice of College Football. Uh, really, for me, it's going to be a trenches thing, right? I really want to see what the defensive line looks like. We talked about this a little bit Sunday with the transition of J.J. Pegues over to the defensive line. Uh, it had me wondering, is our defensive line not solid as far as depth? I'm not saying we don't have three, maybe four solid starters there, but like, can we go and rotate those guys out and have enough depth to be able to play uh, you know, mixed fronts, right? Which is something that we've heard that they're going to do. You know, we, we know they're transitioning to a 3-4, likely as the base defense, but there will be some four-man fronts. They even talked about right. having the odd five-man front as well. Right. So do we have enough defenders to be able to do all of the things as multiple as they want to be up front? Um, And with J.J. moving over there, I want to see how he's going to perform. Um, You know, we've heard lore of, you know, the two sack day that he had his first day really in a a scrimmage. Um, But is that something that we're going to be able to rely on consistently? Is that a product of our offensive line or is this guy really just going to be beastly like that? Right. So I'm going to be looking pretty heavily at that. Um, I think the only other thing that I'm going to be looking at specifically is the outside linebackers. I'm pretty confident in our inside linebacking core um, that we have with the guys returning as well as, um, you know, Wesley Steiner apparently is getting a lot of running inside linebacker. And, uh, I think Cam Riley is playing some inside linebacker, but like guys like Romelo height, right. Who was out for the majority of last year with an injury. Um, guys like, uh, Moultrie TD Moultrie, who is going to be out there. You know, I want to see what that outside linebacking group is going to look like. Um, so I'm not worried about the defensive backfield at all. You notice I'm not saying anything about them. I think we're deep enough there. I think we're talented enough. There should not be a huge problem, but, um, the front seven, uh, with whoever that's going to be, um, minus, you know, Papo and McLean, uh, that's where my eyes are going to be focused defensively.
1: Mm-hmm. B, what are you looking for on defense here this Saturday? Defense, man, I want to see interior line.
0: Um, I've heard a lot about uh, Derek Hall on the edge. He's, mm-hmm. he's showing, he's flashing, he's consistent. And that's what you want to hear coming out of the camp. I want to hear who is everybody talking about, and I'm glad everybody's talking about him. But um, we lost our, our the guy who was flashing the most on the inside when Wright got hurt. Um, they're moving Pagese and and me and I both think it's mostly out of out of need. So yeah, I want to see what our interior line looks like. Who who's getting snaps? I know we got Burks on the inside too. Truesdale's back. Um, Pagese mm-hmm. is there now. Um, there's one more I'm missing. But the edges should be remarkable considering that Wooden is back. Paul is flashing. Then we're gonna get two. Very One very productive guy from Northwestern here in a few months. And then we've got Mm. um, a very high-ranked recruit coming off the edge uh, a month or so after that. So listen, we're going to have at least four qualified edge rushers. And we haven't had any the last two years, honestly. I mean, Marlon Davidson did some of everything because he could, but that wasn't his natural position. So um, I'm glad we're going to have the outside figured out. I want to know what the inside is going to look like just moving over the defensive line for a week. I mean, that's listen, man, he's got a long way to go and it's not that he can't be effective in, in spring camp and in a day, but I don't think our offensive line is the gold standard of what we need to be measuring ourselves against right now. And that's, um, I mean, that's just being honest. We, we've watched tape. <laughs> we know what our offensive line looks like. So right, um, yeah. even though they can improve, I think it's going to be a long time before they really come into their own. They've got to repetitions man um offense especially and especially an offensive line uh, for for offensive linemen they have to play together they have to communicate with each other more than probably I don't want to say more than any position group the secondary needs to communicate a lot as well but um I, I I don't think that the offensive line is going to be the best they can be until probably that four game mark, honestly and right. and that's right. just the reality so I don't think Peguese measured up against our current offensive line or our offensive line on Saturday is a true measurement of what he's going to be. I hope if he's going to be there, that he wants to be there, that he enjoys playing that position. And if both of those things are true, then I hope he's productive there for a really long time. I, I don't want the guy hammering away at a, at a block and he doesn't want to be doing it. So um, in interior is what I'm most worried about.
1: Yeah, you know, defensively, I'm 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 really excited to see uh what Drayshawn Miller is going to do uh to help anchor the secondary. So, secondary should be a strength for us. Um I'm 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 anxious to see the the JJ Pekeus experiment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um I mean, that's a big move uh that they made and I want to see if that's going to pay uh immediate dividends. You know, uh this spring. How how quickly is he picking that up? You know, uh, defensively, and then, you know, I just want to see these guys flying around the ball with lots of energy. Uh, you know, I want to see the offense be somewhat limited here, uh, because if you can't play defense in our league, if you can't hold how high-powered offense is, uh, you know, to, to, to their season minimums or lows, right. then it's going to be a long season, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if our offense does not take the next step, we're going to be in a lot of grinded out fights and we're going to be leaning our defense as we have traditionally over the last five, five, you know, eight years under Gus. Right. So yeah. um, we haven't talked a lot about special teams. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know how much about special teams we're going to learn. Yeah, this uh, very, very this little.
2: Like, right. you know, like punts aren't going to be live. They're not probably even going to be doing real kick returns. Um uh, you know, field goal kicking maybe, but it's not going to be pressure situations. They're not going to be really rushing the kicker. Um, so we won't get it, see any like block formations coming from either field goals or punts. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. So punter is going to be an interesting situation, you know? Um, like I really do want to be able to see a punter that's got like a really booming leg. Like, right. I, I, I don't know. Why wow, we can't really get those in here? Um, the last couple of years, it's just interesting. You know, we've been so good at recruiting field goal kickers, but like, just kind of decent on punters the last couple of times, right? So, right. Um, which again, Aiden Marshall's not bad. Like, I'm not trying to act like he's a terrible punter. He just doesn't have that thing, bro. Like, he just kicked that much sixty yards kind of yeah, leg, right? Yeah, right. Um, but uh, I think, you know, I'd be interested to see kind of what the planning situation is.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, we're at the 15 minute mark. So I want to get to some of these comments here. Um, uh, JT Martin says, I want to see what this D line look like if we get pressure this year. Top five defense. Top five defense. Listen, I would love to see us have a top five defense. That would be wonderful. All right.
2: Um, and so when we when we start measuring defense, right? So uh, we talk about top five defenses. Are we talking about scoring defense? Are we talking about in yards? Like, what metric do we want to see the defense improve? Mm, because scoring, scoring is all that matters. Scoring, I mean, is all that matters. I mean, it does. But flipping, like when you have an offense that's been in it, flipping the field matters too, right? Because what happens with our defenses under Kevin Steele a lot is like they'll have a bunch of really great games, but then they'll have a bunch of games where it's a lot of bend but don't break. Right. They're giving up yeah. a bunch of yards. And then they're stopping people deep in, Mm. like, and so now our offense is having to dig itself out of a hole. Right. I would like to see a little bit more stingy a defense that's flipping fields more. Um, hopefully we get some more opportunistic defenses as well and turn up our Our defense has been fairly opportunistic on the back end. We didn't see a lot of forced fumbles. Mm. Um, so hopefully that's going to be a point of emphasis of actually getting the ball out for for tacklers. But I would really love to see our defense be better at stopping teams from getting y'all, like just listen steel curtain type of stuff right like uh, I know that's going to be difficult just because there's a lot more passing that's going to be happening in the SEC these days and scoring definitely matters right like you want to stop people from scoring but I also want to be able to not feel like oh my goodness they're about to score they're about to score they're about to score right, and,
1: yeah, right, all definitely. right we stopped them yeah well uh, you know? Billy Jones says that he thinks that the tight end group uh, was just loaded. This is kind of where I was at. Uh, I didn't feel yeah, that for way, sure. right? Yeah, like, no, I don't disagree that they're loaded.
2: I don't, but I, my question, so uh, the question I asked Sunday was the same question is loaded. Okay, great. So there's five, six guys in that tight end room where was J.J. Pegues ranked amongst those guys? Is he at the dead bottom of that? And so it's like, look, you're not really going to get much playing time at tight end because all of these guys rank ahead of you. We can use you on the defense. Let's get you over here, get playing time. Or is he like two or three and they're like making a real decision between which of these places can we put Um, You know, and, or there is a third option of like, listen, you're really talented, but we can afford to lose you in this tight end group. They need you on the defensive line. Mm -hmm. Right. So that there's there's places where that argument can go, that there's room to to not really understand what the thought process was behind it. At the end of the day, as I said, Sunday, what matters to me is J.J. is bought into it and then it pays dividends for him when it comes to him being able to be productive at the defensive line, because I am
1: fully certain if it does not work for him, he's not going to stay at all. Right. Um, I go for AU. Tiger says, I feel like we can finally trust the words coming from the coaches. Uh, You know what? Again, we've said it over and over again. If they're selling snake oil, they're doing a really good job because I'm buying it, too. Um, You know, Low Note says he thinks that Bo will surprise us with better coaching. I think that that is everybody's hope. Um, Bob Edwards wants to know about Shale Garnett. Right. I I think I think, I think I just want to know about every other quarterback. Yeah, who's going to be number two, right? So, uh, who's going to be number two, and that's the story. That's to me, that's the biggest storyline of A Day. Is do we see a clear a clear now pecking order? Now we're all resigned that Bo's going to start the season. You know how long he stays in that starting spot is really up to him. But uh, if he gets pulled or if he gets hurt, God forbid, uh, because we never want to see injuries. Do we have a competent? backup right like i think so is it going to be shell garnett do they decide to shelve demetrius davis for another year uh i mean a lot of eyes are going to uh, be on that right and so alabama prep says uh can jj go both ways i think that that's the plan right now yeah i definitely think that that's the plan right now um bob edwards was in dc last week i'm super offended that you did not hit me up while you were here uh hit me up next time bro let's go get a beer Um And then uh, Heath Denson says, I think the D-line may surprise some this weekend. Hearing nice comments from the coaches and like to see how Derek Hall does on the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Brian, what are your feelings about Derek Hall here? Well, yeah, like whenever I hear
0: the same name every time a different assistant coach comes and talks to the press, every time the press gets to watch, when I hear the same names, when the offensive line is saying the same name that the defensive coordinator is saying, that's good news. That's always good news. Whoever is showing up the most consistently, that's a really, really good thing for us. Now, all things considered, they're going against our current offensive line. And you have to take all production by the defensive line with a tiny grain of salt, at least. But Derek Hall, was a, he was a highly recruited um, player. He has been here for a couple of years. So physically, he's ready for the game. Um, assuming that all the guys who are getting a lot of burn right now, they, they lived up to their potential and they did what the coaches asked them to do in the strength program um, for those seven weeks. So there's a lot to be excited about for anybody who is getting a lot of mention right now, because that means they did what was asked of them. And if they have the the benefit of having experience, even if it was under a previous coach or coaching staff, If you do what's asked and you're impressing these coaches and you are physically and mentally experienced playing the game, that's good news. That's good news. I expect Derek Hall. What I'm really wondering is, are they going to hold back the defense? Like if, again, we we talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Bo may get the nod to start on a day and in the fall. It's not outside the realm of possibility that he could stink. Like that's a real possibility that he could get out there, that our O-line is under duress because our defensive line can beat them up. That's no problem. And Bo makes some of the same mistakes that he's making, enough of them for Coach Harson to actually talk about what he expects you to do. There would there would be no reason for him to reference Um, we're not going to win every time. Sometimes you got, you got to throw it away. Like he wouldn't be having that conversation if he was throwing darts and and Bo was going 11 for 11 with two touchdowns in practice. Like that, that doesn't, that conversation doesn't happen if Bo is showing out and lighting it up. Okay. That those remarks from Harson were clear indications that Bo is still making some of the same mistakes he always made as a starter. And to me, that means, okay, what are you going to do? Coach Harson, if he stinks, I want to know what you're gonna do if he stinks. Because if he stinks, I want to see the next guy. I want to see Shea Garnett. That that's my best case scenario. Not that Bo necessarily stinks. Even if Bo doesn't stink, but he doesn't play great, and Shea plays like the second entire second quarter and lights it up. That's what I want to happen. I want to see what this coaching staff does when one player clearly outplays the other. What do you do? Are you going to stick with your pecking order that you had at the start of practice? Or are you going to say, you know what? He looked really
1: good at the mm-hmm. end of spring. We're just we got it wide open right now. Right? Nobody's anything. Think, we got it wide open. I think that the dream is, is that whoever wins the number two job just barely lost or, or gets the number two spot, just barely lost it so that we're mm-hmm. in just as capable hands. Right. right. Um, in case of, you know, uh, again, underperforming or injury or just fit. In terms of who we're playing, um, Corey. Webber, uh, uh, thank you for so much, man. Corey's one of our regulars. Uh, uh, all hail Bruce, doing good work. Agreed. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that he it, can bring some of that basketball optimism that we have every year um, over to the football field. Um, yeah. And uh, Marion, uh, Matt K., uh, I appreciate the sarcasm in this comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if you watch us, I have, I have, I have resigned myself to the fact that. Bo is going to start, uh, based on interviews that we conducted with staff, with current staff. Um, you know, it just seems like that's, that's the plan right now. That's, that's how they feel. Uh, but I have no doubt that they'll pull the plug if need be. Um, I don't think we're going to go the Gus route. I think that we're done with that. Uh, that whole, you know, this is going to be, this is our guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nigel Powell, thanks for becoming a member. My man, uh, uh, since... As Nigel signed up. I think this is a good time to segue kind of into uh, what we got coming. Uh, chop it up with a pro. If you don't know what this is, um, this is our segment where we uh, talk with uh, former players and we're breaking down film. The first one was a Q&A that we did with Chris Todd. It was a lot of fun uh, due to technical errors. Some of you got to see see that. that weren't insiders, but Ike has promised that you will uh, not be able to peek through the blinds on this one. Uh, so, uh, chop it up with a pro Chris Todd film breakdown coming. Uh, we're actually going to be breaking down film with Chris Todd. He's going to give us his insights on what is supposed to happen uh, on plays that we saw last season and what we hope to see different. So, um. I was about to say,
2: somebody just asked when it airs and then they asked this question right here. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so uh, Chop It Up With The Pro is next Thursday. Uh, we do two a month and it's every other Thursday. So um, uh, next Thursday with Chris Todd, not tomorrow, but the next Thursday, right? We uh, will do that at 9 p.m. Uh, live and uh, Chris will come on. Uh, this is strictly for you guys. This is an engagement for you guys to be able to ask Chris questions and also in the second one of the month, See the film and and get a visualization of what we talk about every week on these lives with you guys. So Mm -hmm. um, we're really honored and blessed to be able to do that. So next Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, you have to be an insider to see it. Become an insider. I, 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 I preview you, please. So. But you don't have to be there. The question
2: is, you don't have to be there live to see it if you are an insider. So we do post those chop it ups in a special playlist specifically for our insiders to be able to view them later. Uh, So if you are not able to make it live, don't worry. We got you. You know, we'll make sure that gets up there. Um, It's just you have to wait for a little bit because we might have to do some post cleanup. Very little. But if we do have to do something, we'll we'll toss it
1: back up there for you guys. Right. Bob Edwards says they are awesome. How much is needed for the all 22 Bob? $1 $1 million. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, you. it's so hard to like, so here's the, the reality of the the
2: all 22 is it's just really hard to get permission to get it. Um, and so we just, we're, we're trying to work all of the inroads that we have mm-hmm. in, in different places. I've gotten some all 22 film for some previous years. Right. Um, but trying to figure out how we can get it for last year, which I don't have yet. and this year coming up is what's going to be the more difficult. Yeah, so definitely we're working on.
1: And here. it's not all it is not all money, right? It's also relationships. I mean, you right. definitely have to be liked by the right people. So, uh we seem to be headed that direction. Uh, as yeah. you guys continue, but a big part of that is the support that you guys give us by just showing up to watch. So, beside uh the fact that you guys donate and become insiders, you know, just you viewing our live cast every week, uh, and making sure those numbers are up. Liking, uh, like this if you haven't liked it, and, and making sure that you engage in the comments which puts us one step closer to be able to get the film we need to fully break down.
2: Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Building report Going Strong. All right,
1: enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Uh, Wesley Hilson says, if you haven't seen the Coach Jacques series, it's so worth it. Uh, he is an amazing guy and he helped produce some amazing teams here at Auburn that we are uh, hoping to see, you know, in under Harson, right? Uh, some of the same. So, um, you know, he talked about if you don't, if you didn't know, Jeff Pittman, our current strength and conditioning coach, worked under Coach Yox as a GA. Right. So he comes from the Yox coaching tree. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's significant because that man knows his strength and conditioning. Uh, he is a friend of the war rapport uh walt taylor's in here uh oh, shit. What's up, a man? man listen uh walt is uh our is i, I don't want to say he's my most prominent member but he uh he's been riding with us for a while thinking that devin barrett to get the bulk of the carries and a day thoughts hmm. uh
2: the bulk of the care i mean so we, we we know what we have in tank i don't think we need to see a ton from him mm-hmm. uh shivers is a known commodity so i would argue yeah devin probably needs to get the most work out there um so, yeah, I'd like to see him if if we're talking about who should get the highest number of carries, Devin is the one that needs to work himself back into shape uh I think every like the thing is though, I think everybody's gonna need to see some of that live combat. Right. Um, just to make sure that we are able to understand what responsibilities are on different scenarios. Uh, so, um, but yes, yeah, so I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys have any thoughts on it, but
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, a- anybody but Tank, right? Like, I think we know what Tank's <laughs> going to do, so I don't, I don't need to see him tear up A Day right I mean, yeah exactly yeah i just think yeah i,
2: I could care less if tank gets but fi- like five carries and they're like all right you're done yeah, go sit yeah, down yeah. somewhere do
1: two people and then sit down and don't tear acl this spring <laughs> yeah. right yeah. please uh i think is what we're uh hoping for and, and the last thing i want to see is some overzealous defender i
2: don't, I don't think, think we have
1: back. defenders that are that overzealous honestly because mm-hmm. i think they all know what what tank is and, and what he's Man, coming for at oh, oh, the backfield Put bubble wrap on tank. I put an orange no contact jersey on them. I, I do not want to <laughs> see him take any hits this spring. Um, uh, Lance Morgan, uh, appreciate you being here, War Eagle. Uh, just got done watching Mike Nike on the Voice. Good seeing my boys. Yes, it was really good to be over there with Mark Rogers. So uh, if you haven't seen that video, you can go over to Mark Rogers TV on YouTube and watch the segment we did. We previewed a day, and then we talked about you know how we feel about the hire. Um, stuff that you guys have heard us say before. Uh, we just said it over there with with Mark. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, so uh, be prepared to see us all over YouTube here in the next few months, not just on the yeah. War Report channel. Uh, We've got some things in the work. Uh, uh, That's a good question. Th- I got- from, uh, well, y'all go ahead with that one. <laughs> right. as without Caesar asking, if you aren't liking and subscribing, what are you doing? Come on. Listen, This he, yeah. he channeled the spirit of Caesar. When he's not here, I appreciate that, Daniel. So um what what did you say? Uh Corey was asking what whatever happened with the status on that that Vandy
0: running back. We thought he was gonna follow uh Mason here, but we still haven't heard anything. Yeah, I don't think that anybody this is this is an interesting uh topic of conversation
2: when it comes to the transfer portal, right? So the NCAA just recently changed the rules with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. r- no longer requiring uh student athletes to sit out a year of eligibility or, when did transferring. Well, so there, I don't know if it's official or not. I just know that they're making talks about it. I, I haven't seen whether or not it's a real deal, but like, it's an interesting thing. But I was uh, listening to on uh, my morning ride. I listened to a lot of sports commentary and they were talking about how back like, the low percentage of transfer athletes that actually find a home when entering the transfer portal. Yeah. Like it's some. Um, like 20% or something goofy like mm-hmm. that, where like, I, and I wouldn't have thought that. Right. Like, cause we all we hear about a lot of the marquee four-star, five-star guys when they transfer getting somewhere else. But often a lot of those guys will enter the transfer portal and then have to go to, you know, a junior college or to a division two school, or like, you just don't hear from them again because nobody picks them up out of the portal. If you go and look at transfer portal stuff right now, you'll see there's a lot of people still in there to be had, right? Um, and it's just that they don't seem to fit anywhere else, or the reason why they left is a problem that another school doesn't want to take on. So I think it's really interesting when it comes to transfer portal stuff, when you see people who don't end up getting picked up, what the backstory behind that is. I don't know what the story is on this Vandy guy. A lot of people have been talking about he still may end up in Auburn when it's all said and done. Um, If anybody knows the kid, it's going to be our defensive coordinator who is his head coach, Right. right? So if that has not happened yet, you have to think either we don't want him or he doesn't want to come here. Right. I can't see a third option in there. Right. Um. I mean, maybe, but maybe there's you know a bunch of school he's he's thinking about, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Transfer rule goes into
0: effect this fall, according to Auburn Business. So, yeah. 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 If you would think if he was going to transfer though, you would want to get in for spring for the installation of a new offense, and and that's why think, this smells right. to me because it's like, listen, if you were going to get wherever you're going to go, you would want to go sooner than later. Get some reps, you know, get in front of the coaches, get in the strength program, but to just be
1: in the wind right now. Playboy D says
2: he's waiting for the SEC, so apparently the SEC is holding this up. I don't even know what that means or <laughs> what that's about. Yeah, but.
1: yeah listen, uh, Playboy D, appreciate you. I see you uh, out there uh, on in the YouTube network holding it down for us. Uh, always appreciate the support. Um, yeah, I think these transfer rules. You know, if, if you've listened to our channel, you know I am in Favor of giving student athletes more flexibility because they get sold a lot of uh, uh, l- lumps of coal by some of these coaches. Yeah, they, right. they don't hold up their end of the bargain. They get fired. They take other jobs, and then the student athlete is just stuck. Yeah. Right, and I've said it a million times that players commit to coaches over institutions primarily. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So when your coach leaves, or if he lies to you, yeah, you know, and they don't hold up, you should get a, uh, you should get a freebie, one freebie to transfer and not have to sit out, waste a year of your life because the coach didn't hold up his, or the institution didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm really in favor of that, man. Okay.
2: I, I see. I see. My bad. Um, seeing, so apparently it was the kind of same situation that was happening before uh, this rule where he didn't want to transfer and have to sit out a year because the SEC wasn't allowing people to transfer within In the conference. conference. That's the same thing that happened. Right. Yeah. That's the same thing that happened with Gatewood. Right. When he was trying to go to Kentucky, they were trying to make him sit out a year. So apparently the SEC was holding this up and he wanted to play immediately. So there he you go. There was a third
1: option. Yeah, he should be able to play immediately. And it's complete yeah. crap what they do to these kids. So, you know, yeah, it's not
2: it's not fair. I mean, I, I understand, you know, people are like, but, you know, it's not like uh, there is a guy who called into one of the shows. And he's like, it's terrible for college football because, you know, you you're, you stop stop being able to know who's on your team because, OK, this new guy. Well, you just pay, pay, pay attention, no, just no pay problem. more attention to when somebody transfers in and out and you're right. fine. OK, that's uh, you, just, his you just you just want to not pay attention. I don't think that it makes football necessarily worse. Um, I do think that there are uh, those stories that happen of a kid. Like, do you think Matt Jones happens at Alabama if he is one of those, I'm not starting like I thought I should, and he transfers somewhere else, right? He sits behind two guys who were, um, you know, led, led Alabama to national titles previously, and then he comes in and he gets his opportunity. Like, do you think that kind of story happens in these places where a kid sits for a couple of years and then he becomes – you know, some star player his junior or senior year if this transfer portal rule had been in effect longer ago. Like, I don't know if those stories happen, but I do know that we don't get situations like um, LSU that happened a couple of years ago if the transfer portal rule isn't there, right. right? Because you have a kid or Justin Fields going from Georgia, right? Like, you just don't get those types of st- stories without being people being able to tra- control their own fate and saying, this isn't the right situation Facts. for me. Let me go somewhere else so I can actually play. Facts. And now, you know, you've got kids that are going to the league that probably wouldn't have had that same opportunity because they wouldn't have had the same number of snaps or they wouldn't have had the same film out film out yeah. there. Or they wouldn't have been playing in the right offense that allowed them to highlight their skills in the right way. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, like Jalen Hurts is an example, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, though he was a prolific quarterback at Alabama, I do think his time at Oklahoma actually catapulted his draft stock a little bit. A lot, a lot Um, of it. (laughs) So, and I'm not saying that Uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't get drafted if he doesn't transfer. But do you think his draft stock is hurt if he was the starter and then he gets to be the second fiddle guy for two years behind Tua before he goes to the league or him going to Oklahoma being able to play immediately and then being in the Heisman conversation? allows him to now be a draftable quarterback because they can see, okay, you can play in two different conferences, two different systems. You can have a ton of, uh, and then playing with a quarterback friendly system that allows him to put up a bunch of passing numbers. Mm -hmm. I think that that absolutely helps that kid be able to get drafted a little bit higher. So absent of the transfer portal, does Jalen Hurts have that same opportunity? I think no. Right.
0: I'm all about kids doing what's best for them. Because if it's still going to be within the rules for a coach to just leave this year and say, all right, I'm going to another job. If you can get right. off the plane, if you can do it. I mean, no offense, what Brian Hartson just did. I love boys. I've been here my whole life. Auburn. I'll see y'all later, boys. I'm going to put on this Auburn house. <laughs> OK, well, good. Well, <laughs> right. if you can do that, then let the kids do that. That, that, that should right. be easy. They aren't even right. getting paid millions. They aren't getting paid five million dollars a year. If you can get. Pay that much and still just flat change your mind, then at least let them go somewhere that suits their, their skills and their right. ambitions and gives them a chance to put whatever they have to offer on display for their future. They're all, they're already putting up their bodies to, to try to chase this profession. Um, um, their, their college years to a certain extent are, I don't want to say stifled. You can still do stuff other college kids do, but they got a lot of stuff kind of planned and, and like being a college athlete is, it still works. It may be fun. Yeah. I, I know it's a lot of fun. I was in college with them, so I know it's a lot of fun. However, listen, man, Mike. I remember distinctly, Mike. G, I don't know if you remember this. So it was my freshman year and your sophomore year, and we were trying to get into a class that was an easy A. Dr. James Brown, Organic Garden, <laughs> Organic <laughs> Garden. <laughs> God
1: bless oh, name. For organic garden you for the took record, me back, but me? Organic yeah, Garden it was or in, that, it was in class. Brown. So
0: we didn't have the class, right? So it's the first week. And going in there and like, man, maybe we can get it. I was like, I don't know, Mike. I mean, you know, that was the thing that you just go to the class you're trying to get into because if somebody doesn't show up day one, they get dropped. You go right to the teacher after class. Hey, this is my name. Oh uh, yeah, did you have any spots left? And you get in the class. So Mike goes up to the teacher right after. He says, Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm I'm actually I need to kind of work around the football team schedule because you know I got to be this 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 and this and got to you know practice and all that stuff. And they said, um. I don't know if you, and he was like, <laughs> Mike was like, okay, if you need the number to so and so and so, I can give you that number. It's no problem. And so I'm standing with him, and I just gave him my name, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brian Wilson. That's my name. I forgot all <laughs> And so a yeah. days later, we check our schedule, and we're in this class.
2: We got some organic <laughs> gardeners in the, in yeah. the, um, <laughs> Yeah, Damien was up in there, oh, yeah, my man. What's up, man?
1: What's going on? Organic garden. Oh my man, Brian Dixon. What's up? So, uh, yes, sir. Listen, we went so in that class. Let me, let me tell y'all asses about organic garden. <laughs> right? We're gonna segue here for a second. Brian, you started this, right? Like All right. Um. So it was, it was, it was an interesting time at Auburn. I mean, because I had to film practices, right? Like I had, to, I could not take afternoon classes, right. I had to be in the early morning classes with the football players, and uh, I'll I'll say those classes were different. And I'll just leave that. (laughs) But um, uh, you know, we got (laughs) priority scheduling Mm -hmm. right because of you know we had I had to get the class, I had to get my hours right, and I had to uh, the film practice. I had to be free by two o'clock after uh, two two thirty latest every afternoon, and then scoot all the way over to that late department uh, to start to get ready to film practice and. Um, it was, I mean, it's a culture built around football, mm-hmm. a lot of it, you know, and what I remember about these, these athletes is that their lives are so structured for them, right? Right. Like yeah. they don't, they don't get to have, they don't get to have a part-time job. You know, when we talk about paying players, I mean, these guys are dead broke. Most of them, mm-hmm. they can't take their girlfriends on dates. They can't, I mean, they've just got to, they've got to go to class. They've got to go to practice and then rather right practice, they have to hit study hall. And after study hall, the good players have their asses in their dorm room and in, are in bed by nine o'clock so they can get eight hours at least, wake up in the, in the morning and do it all over again. Right. So, I mean, it is it's some fun for the athlete student. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of structure. Being a student athlete is not all rainbows and daisies like some people think it is. Right. Like, I mean, uh, so, you know, they have to they have to work. They have a lot that's given to help them succeed that the average student does not. Um, but they right. still have to put in the work, man. They still have to show up. And there's an accountability system put in there when they don't show up to study halls and things that are essentially given to them. And that's that's the argument from a lot of people is that
2: the amount of money that is invested into those kids' future, right? Like, you know, they set up, you know, study halls that are just for the players. and they're But at the end of the day, those those guys want to make money. Those girls want to make money just like everybody else while they're in college and not be struggling to you know, go somewhere and go get groceries. Like I get it. Yeah, you've got, uh, you know, a cafeteria where you can go and eat that specifically and they're doing the meal preps and stuff go like on. that. But every now and then, yeah, if I say every now and then, though, you want to go and get something on your own. Yeah. Is it okay if I don't wear my uh, sweats that you gave me every day to class? I can go buy my own clothes every now right. and then and wear that to class, right? If I don't come from money, what am I supposed to do to be able to do that as a student athlete? You can't let me know nope. if somebody gives it to me. Now, all of a sudden, we got an NCAA investigation around it. Yeah. So, I have to just continue to wear Auburn sweats every day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, I, again, I, I'm not, you know, I don't really want to go down the rabbit hole of that conversation too much, but I am definitely in favor
1: of trying to figure out a way that these student athletes can. Full make cost of attendance, right? Yeah. The full cost of attendance. And it's not just a scholarship, right? And, and dorm housing. Right. Like, I I just think for what they do for the university, for the community and, um, you know, for the athletic department, it's not a whole lot to ask, you know, to give them some sort of stipend that just helps them be able to uh, pays them like a part time job. Yeah. A part time job. I mean, I had I worked two jobs in college. Right. Like I I filmed practice and I worked at the uh, university uh, hotel and conference center Mm -hmm. as an AV guy. Right. Like so. You know and that was just barely to buy books and and eat ramen noodles every day right so I can only imagine what it's like as a student athlete um mm-hmm. you know uh you know King Dunnlapton here he says imagine having two kids in college right Man. Brutal. they did it he did it Man. um and then uh i uh, I missed a, a comment by the De- 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 <laughs> says I'm Yo, um, no, that's was somebody mentioned the
2: jogging class that was there that was available um that they had up at the student activity I'm dying. center like yeah I'm dying. it was it was a lot of that going on right. but so here he, here's the portion of it that um it you know rounds out the conversation it's like what do you do for the 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 sports where it's not the money that don't generate the money right um I, I mean but I think that athletics makes enough money to be able to figure to cover out, them too, right yeah yeah cover now, them i'm too. Not saying, i don't i don't think you should pay football players at a football institution more money like than you pay uh the soccer players like Auburn's football players shouldn't make more than Auburn gymnastics everybody just gets a stipend that they're gonna get for being a student athlete because they don't do the scholarships differently right. if you're a scholarship athlete you're a scholarship athlete it's not like well you're a scholarship athlete but for right. you know one of our programs that's not uh nationally ranked so we're only going to pay 75 percent of your tuition right but you know it's it's not a merit based system based upon how much money the the athlete makes for the institution right. you come here we pay for your education plus this stipend cool yeah
1: um i will say this you know at the end of the day and when you look at if we can pay $21 million to fire a guy, you can afford to give these guys a stipend. I, don't, I mean, this is just my feeling about it. Right. So, um, and, I, and it should make the institutions be a little more choosy about the mm-hmm.
0: contracts. They give coaches, which is really where I think some of that money starts coming from. Honestly, instead of a, uh, you come in and Hey, he, he, he had eleven eleven 11 win season back to back. All right, well, let's pay him $6 million a year. Wait a minute. No, no, wait, wait, yeah, let's pay him $4 million a year. Because we need to make sure we are properly accommodating the players that are out there giving their skin to get us these wins. It, right, the coaches aren't playing. The coaches are necessary. Everybody is necessary, but the kids, blood, bone, sweat, all that man to to mm-hmm. to get those wins. They need to be compensated. Oh man, I forgot
2: I forgot that Danielle was on the track team. She just said throw the track and field
1: athletes some money too. Yeah, Yeah, my wife was on the track team. team. That's that's right. Brian's wife
2: was on the track team down there. I forgot.
1: Hey, listen. Listen, um, uh King says they had enough money to pay all the athletes. True. They for sure. That's not even que- that's, that's a, not a it's question. not even a
2: question as to whether or not they can do it. Mm-hmm. It's about whether or not they're you willing to do, do
1: it. it. Right, yeah. And-
2: right. And I don't care I don't want to hear all this crap about they're supposed to be amateurs and you know once you start paying them they become professionals. Listen. The way that systems are being set up right now you're going to lose your grip on collegiate athletics. Basketball is already starting to lose mm-hmm. it because of the the junior leagues mm-hmm. and um, people being able to go overseas. You're starting to lose talent now. You need to figure this out right. before it gets away from you. And people start figuring out how to pay kids straight out of high school to come do some sort of intermediary program. And then you're not only going to lose Um, the talent, you're going to lose out on the opportunity for a lot of these, like the the quality of your product on the field is going to decrease Mm -hmm. because the talent's not there. Number one. And number two, You're going to start to figure out that some of these kids, education-wise, they're just not going to be contributors to society because they skipped college, right? right? Like you're losing your ability to mold young athletes into people who may not be professional athletes, but they are going to be people who can contribute well to society that will learn lessons between what they're going to get in the classroom and the environment that they're going to be in, the social environment that they're in in school, Mm -hmm. and the time management that they're required to have because they're required to go to class and go to this and go to that and figure all those things out. Once you start losing that, then you start losing a contribution to your societies. Right? right. And like this is I think like I said, this is a bigger conversation than should a kid get paid to come play a sport. Right. It, I think it's a bigger conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: There are a lot of interesting comments in here. Um, we, we won't have time to address them all, but uh, we will be in our comment section after the video. So if you don't know, a uh, big part of our community is, is is engagement. So after this is over, we can't get to your comment. Please hit the comment section after we will chop it up with you. Uh, me in particular. Uh, I'm not going to put the comment up. But I see Dion in here being petty about a bowl I broke in college. Uh, it's real petty, man, it's bringing putting our stuff out here in front of the company um, and. Uh, We have um, we just got there's more than enough. I will say that there's more. than Yeah,
2: I I disagree with the statement that there will never be a minor league like that. They so there there have been leagues that they have tried to put together. Um, The only reason that they didn't happen is because or didn't stay sustained was more so about attendance but if you can figure out how to get that college athlete into that league if they right. make the rules right. where instead of you getting and I apologize if you are a former player that goes into this league but like players who didn't make it into the NFL if you're put instead of putting those guys in there you're getting more collegiate athletes to go there right. you're getting The fresh face of the new people who can't make it to the league yet and you have now an alternative instead of college football, you absolutely can't have a league like that. And people will pay to go see that because now it becomes a thing for scouts to be able to go to. It becomes a farm league for the NFL. It definitely would work if somebody put the model together for it. Yeah. So I'm, I, I disagree with that whole argument.
1: Yeah, and allow them to develop their bodies a little bit for the beating they're going to take at the at the exactly. pro level, right? Yeah. So the, right. the extra step might not be a bad thing. Uh, speaking of the pro level, chop it up with a pro. Um, if you're just joining us and you missed the first half of this broadcast, this I need is you to know Thursday. that was a hell of a segue, though. I don't just just for real. I almost passed <laughs> I almost squatted. It. <laughs> it
0: was uh, quick with it too.
1: Chop it up with a pro. Uh, you guys are silly. Uh, next Thursday with Chris Todd. Uh, he is going to break down film with us. If you have not seen this, this will be exclusive to insiders. Uh, if, again, if you have not seen Ike and these former players break down film, it is a thing of beauty. We are all learning a lot from these segments. Become an insider so that you can get access to chop it up with a pro. Five ninety nine dollars will get you there. Uh, if you're on an iPhone, uh, you may have to sign up from a computer or Use the desktop version in Safari uh, to see that join button and join us on YouTube next Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. We will make these available to review. Um, after it's over. So if you're an insider and you miss it live, you can go back and watch it in our Chop It Up with a Pro Playlist on our channel. Um, Our GoFundMe is up. You can find this link in the About section of our YouTube channel. Uh, This is a great way to support the work that we do. Uh, uh, We had a few super chats tonight. We always appreciate those. YouTube takes 45%. So if you want us to see more of that money, you can hit that GoFundMe. Uh, And then the merch store. Uh, This is high quality stuff, people. Uh, I wear it every day. You should, too, get your weight up. Um, I got in trouble for saying that uh, the get your weight up line would increase your bench by 20%. Uh, <laughs> so if you put an extra 20 pounds on your bench and got hurt, I claim exactly zero responsibility for that injury. Yeah, so, somebody's in the in the, uh, 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 in the gym
0: with the, the bar on their neck because you're talking about what the, <laughs> what the stripper's going to
1: do. man. Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click Join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show.
0: I want I wanted to wrap up before we get to um, what we're talking about with ESPN-FPI, but um, what, what this transfer rule will actually do is what we're seeing happen in basketball. So the basketball season ended. We thought, all right, Sharif could come back another year. We got Powell, even though he was banged up or had some issues. Yeah, yeah, he's going to come back and be able to be a capable backup point guard or some one one or two position. Thor is going to be back. And, and then we lose three guys. Sharif declares for the draft and Thor might go to the draft. And we were like, man, what the hell? And I think that's the scary part the transfer portal especially guys don't have Mm -hmm. to wait you go we thought we were stacked you don't know what you have here you think you know but you you don't really know what to expect but the benefit on the flip side for a coach like Bruce Pearl and a program like we have right now is we can get the guys right back because what we put out there how we are channeling guys to the league right now what you see with players improving year to year that says you know what you're doing I'm going to trust you with my career and I will come and play for you now. Right, right. That's great if you have a coach that is developing the talent, that is producing the wins and has the environment for a kid to develop. If you are that program, we will always be an attractive spot for recruits. So the transfer portal doesn't hurt us. A kid may not have gotten a lot of burn here. Good. Let him go find something else. Maybe he thought he would get a lot. Maybe we thought he would get a lot of burn when we got him. Didn't work out. Sometimes coaches do straight up lie, like you're right. And other times, circumstances can can create that. So, it's a good thing if you have a good program. So let's hope and pray that we have the type of coaching program that we think we have from the outside looking in, because it it would still be good for us
1: right yeah absolutely um so that being said uh i want to segue to our last topic of the night here um espn released uh their 2021 fpi rankings and uh here is where we stand um alabama at one uh a bunch of sec teams in there right um uh and we auburn 16 overall 16 overall, and I wanted to get everybody's thoughts on on what they feel like that 16 ranking means. FBI Football Power Index is what that stands for. Um, so Ike, I'm going to start with you. 16 FPI, you are right with what they guys ranked? Um,
2: yeah, I'm fine. I so I, I think the only thing that's uh somewhat crazy about that ranking is who's ranked above us in a couple of those spots. But, um, but yeah, 16 overall is not terrible. Um. I think that it's probably fair, maybe even a little high, because I just don't know that if if this were a uh, an actual ranking to start the year that we have the 16th best team in the country right now. Um, we still have a lot that we have to prove with a lot of pieces that we don't exactly know how they're going to pan out. But um is just kind of it's OK. Right. It's nothing great. It's nothing terrible. I'm I'm OK with it.
1: Yeah. Brian, how you feel about 16 FBI? It's too high. I,
0: I didn't wow. want us on the radar. I wanted us far below the radar, with a lot to prove. I wanted to blow out um, Alabama State and everybody say, "Ah, it's just Alabama State." I wanted to blow out Akron and everybody say, "Ah, it's just Akron." I wanted to go to Penn State and shock the world. Or yeah, Penn State. So Penn State at eight. I mean, excuse me, at um, Mississippi State at eight and Penn State at ten well, were actually both shocks to right. Me. Yeah, they were. They were. And So that that's what I, that's what I wanted to happen. I, I didn't want us getting even that favor, like a top twenty after the season we just had with the problems we just had with the changes we we've got. Um, that means that somebody's not sleeping on us as much as I thought they would be, and that's right. a little surprising. So somebody's paying attention um, to what we had on the shelves here and and what type of program Harson seems to be building. Um, I I don't know how you to me that's right. Let me say it that way to me that's right. That's accurate. I think we finish no worse than the 16 we started at. That, that's right. really where I think we finished.
1: Right. So inside the top 25, if I still saw that correctly, we got six teams in the FPI top 25 on our schedule. Yeah. Right. Um. And that is classic SEC West, you know, uh, conundrum every year. Yeah. yeah. Where you've got all these teams. Now, Um. even though we're 16 FPI, they're still projecting our record around seven and five. Right. Um, and that can't be understated. So I think I to me, we went on Mark, we talked about this over um on Mark Rogers video. So if you haven't seen that, I posted the link in the community section of our channel. Uh so you can go over and watch that video. We did about a forty-five second, a forty-five minute uh segment uh with him, Ike and I did. And at the end he asked us about this FPI ranking. And my my thought about it was that this ranking really shows the respect that they have for the talent that we have while acknowledging the schedule, how tough the schedule is, right? This is a tough yeah. schedule. This is a tough schedule this year. So, you know, in conference, you know, we've got what will be a resurgent, I think, Ole Miss offense under Lane Kiffin. They looked very creative and explosive at times last year. You know, you've got Texas AM steadily on the rise. They've got some things that they have to replace, but if, if Jimbo Fisher can upgrade at quarterback, I'll be interested to see, you know, how they scheme around having to replace what, be correct me if I'm wrong, is almost their entire offensive line. Yes, right? four out of the five at, at least. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: So, like, like who, who are your surprises on this, though? Like, so Texas AM above Georgia, like, is, does
1: that feel right to uh, everybody? You know what? It. Mm-hmm. it, it I, just, I just think that that's the momentum that Jimbo Fisher has built there. Uh, and that may be a little bit uh, of an o- uh, uh kind of an overreaction to how they finished last season. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, uh, They had a great season by the numbers. Their only loss was to Alabama. Right. So, mm-hmm. Um, right. um I, I think that maybe that's just a little bit of an overreaction to last year's schedule. Now mm-hmm. uh, Georgia has been pretty steady. Uh, Mississippi State is a, is a big what in the entire yeah, actual hell to me, right? Like, uh, I don't know what they think Mike Leach is going to do over there next year. But, again, he is a marquee offensive mind in college football, mm-hmm. right? Florida, um, you know, it's just trash. You know, are they going to be able to replace – the production that Trask put up behind what was a very below average offensive line with no running game. Yeah. yeah. Right. So they've got some things that they ha- they got to do right again Alabama's going to I like stop that kid Jones that. who was the backup there though. Like he, he Jones, looked like yeah. he
2: was going to be He's our, not the pure
0: and, passer that 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 Trask was and yeah, but he's more athletic he is. so it's just he is. like you
2: and, and I trust the uh, offensive coordinating mind there that will allow them to
0: adjust what they need but to they def- lost a lot of talent their though. defensive coordinator is big mid that boy is 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 <laughs> burning uh paychecks over there he is uh i, I don't want to say whether he is or is not worth his money because i i don't have the acumen to make that judgment but mm. listen man todd grantham if he was just a, a hair better
1: than maybe they're playing in the playoff last year right you know um uh i see in the comments here that um that we have the number two rated toughest schedule in the country behind arkansas yeah right and this is it man this is why when sec teams go undefeated or have one loss we make this a no-brainer that you make the playoffs because when you have to navigate this especially in the west right like it's just a no-brainer that they make it um so i i just think we are we have a chance 7 wins is about where i think we're at right now based on how we finished last season mm-hmm. right 8 wins is a bonus because you you beat somebody who you lost to last year 9 wins you 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 surprise you got a surprise win in there somewhere mm-hmm. and 10 wins means harson really knows what he's doing in terms of scheme right like so it, uh, there is, there's room to move there. I don't see how realistically how we beat Alabama without just making a huge jump at the quarterback position this year, right? right. Like, I, I just don't see that. I mean, Bo Nix is going to have to have an all-SEC type season or whoever's at quarterback is going to have an all-SEC type season for us to really have a chance in that game. Um, uh, Or they're going to have to blow it. Yeah, you know they're going to have to lose it more than we're going to have to win it, I mean, and that's just where I'm at right now. I mean, they—I I hope I'm wrong. I hope as the season goes on that that we prove to be more competent than we finished last season. Yeah, right. So for sure. Um, you know, I see uh Jonathan Whiteside. Appreciate you joining as a member, becoming Welcome. an insider. Welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope to see you on that chop it up with a pro here or next Thursday. So, um, I, I f this FPI stuff, I mean, it's not an exact science. It's their best right. guess. Based on numbers and statistics and, and things of that nature, but you know Harson is going to be really, um, you know, his multiple offense, right? Is going to be very new to a lot of people because if you're if you're an SEC defensive coordinator and you're scheming for Mike Bobo's offense, good luck. I don't think that's going to help you much this year, right? Uh, right. Some of uh, our um, listeners here really. Hate Mike Bobo's offense, <laughs> right? They really just like Mike Bobo's offense, and I'm yeah. telling you that similar to when Gus was here, he's going to execute Parsons' vision of offense, which I like. You know, it's it, it's flexible. It puts us in a lot of different positions, and and, and you know, it, it it utilizes playmakers in space. So you know, Bo will go under center, or whoever will go under center or some, at some points. I, I just think it's going to be a hard defense to scheme for. Uh, if we can execute it at any level, and it should give us a chance, you know, ball control. To your point, Ike, about um, uh, you know, can we, you know, may on the offense side of the ball, flip the field and keep our defense in good positions, you know, uh, throughout, even if scoring isn't high. Like, put these guys in a position where our defense is fighting for their lives at the end of every quarter,
0: right?
1: Yeah, because they're get tired, because we're losing time of possession. Yeah. You know, that's,
2: so that's one of the things that uh, is going to be, I think somebody mentioned it earlier when I was talking about, you know, what is going to be a, a statistic that you want to see for the defense. What I want to see both offensively and defensively is first downs. Right. If, can we limit the number of first downs we give up? And can we stay on the field more than three plays? Yeah. Right? Like, number three and outs that we have needs to be lower, way lower this year in order for our defense to be not winded by the end of the season. So uh decreasing, you know, increasing the number of plays that we can, the, the length of our drives, right? Like we need to have those 10, 12, 14, you know what I'm saying? Yard, um, excuse me, uh down drives. And we need to make sure that our defense is being, you know, at, at most, you know, Six plays, right? Like just don't have a ton of time on the field where you are just kind of giving ground, giving ground, giving ground, giving ground, and then force them into a long field goal or a punt that is right there on the edge, or they got to take a fourth down try because they're just inside our 50. Like, I just really want to, I want to live on their end of the field more this season right. um, and, and stop having to be in the situations where we were, where we're Hoping to get a good punt and coverage in order yeah. to the, for the defense to be able to stop them, and then we can maybe get a turnover or something on their side, and then that's how we end up scoring. We just need to dominate that time of possession and really make impose our will on teams a little bit more than we have been previously.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh. Uh. uh I see our friend ACCSSI uh, has come My back. Man. Hey, listen, man, welcome back. Uh, you were real upset last week. Um. And we, but we're happy to have you back. Uh, with just a little better O-line, uh, he already has one Iron Bowl win in his pocket. Um, I mean, listen, That's nobody's denying true. that better O-line is going to help, right? I just th- I just think there are a myriad of other problems that need to be solved, right? So don't be surprised if O-line play improves. But uh, we stall out a lot if decision-making is still bad from the QB position. Carson, yeah. Carson acknowledged it. Right. He acknowledged it. He said under pressure, we've got to make better decisions because you are not always going to get a clean pocket in our league. It's just not. Right. And yeah. and when you look at um, the uh, uh, under pressure stats for the better quarterbacks in our league, when you blitz them, they completely torch you because when you blitz, somebody should be open.
2: Yeah. And, and, and that's gonna a lot of that's gonna have to do with play calling right. too, right? Like we just we didn't have play calls that allowed us to just to fly on blitzes. They didn't give many outlets. But this is gonna be the big thing for me. Tank, our is our run game gonna put us in a position where they have to respect it so much mm-hmm. that guys are just out there butt naked? Yep, this is like. Yep. Or oh, you, you, you just got to throw it to a guy who's not right. literally not being covered
1: because they're so worried about our run. Right. Game. Or vice versa. Right. Like this is what I was hoping we were going to see after Nick Marshall. Right. What I was hoping we were going to see is, is that um, with a pocket passing QB, that they would have to respect our run, our pass game so much that you could not crowd the line of scrimmage and then our backs would go wild. Right. Yeah. You know, when is our pass game going to do something for our running backs for a change? You know, that that's how yeah. I that's how I really feel. I feel like it, it, it's got to work the other way around sometimes in some of these games. Well, that's that that's that's to me
2: is definitely about scheme and
1: offensive line right. play,
2: though. Like if you're not protecting the QB and the scheme doesn't allow you to get those quick opportunities. And I'm not talking about that stupid flare screen that we're doing. Right. You know, that's a part of. You know, what they're doing in these offenses these days. I mean, actual scheme stuff where you're matching up your running back or a tight end against a linebacker for a quick whatever, you know, uh, you know, and, and allowing them to get in space and doing some damage right. um, in the seam or out in the flat. Like I, that's what I'm talking about, about quick plays or even, I mean, it doesn't have to be a quick. It could be a, it could be not a draw, but a screen, right? Like an actual running back screen or a tight end screen, like middle screens, you know, those are things right now and that, coaches are calling right? right a screen towards the middle for a running back or a tight end right it's a, it's a novel concept i know for those of you who've been watching auburn football for the last eight years you can run a screen that's not a wide receiver screen to the outside right. you have a trip set or yeah. uh, uh, a sacks formation right. there there are other screens available to people
1: um, right? oh so jonathan we'll jonathan harris know. says he really likes mike bobo's run game Ke- kevin harris killed us at usc this is factual this is all yeah. the way factual. Man, listen, they ran roughshod over us uh in that scheme that we went up against. And you know, we we did enough to shoot ourselves in, in, in the foot during that game, but uh, I just remember thinking, are we gonna stop him? Yeah. Now he has yeah. tank.
2: Right, exactly. Mm. And I'm I'm loving it. And, and that's what I've been saying about Bobo this entire time. Whether you like his play designs what I do like is how he makes sure that his game plan focuses on the people who he knows are going to be threats. He uh, will see where shy Smith ends up getting drafted. Um, but shy Smith was a star at South Carolina because Mike Bobo knew he was that guy at wide receiver. Right. I'm going to get the ball in his hands. If, and he knew Kevin Harris is a dynamic back. I need to make sure we're running this guy. And he did that. So, there, there, there definitely is room for Bobo as a play caller and a, a game planner to execute schemes that are put together for different types of things, but he knows when to call the right play at the right time. Right. That's the bigger thing for your offensive coordinator. The scheme that they're putting together for the game... Comes a lot from your analysts that they're doing. Like the analysts are doing a lot of the game film breakdown, da da da, and they're going to come up and figure out together. They put in the playbook together right now in the spring that they're going to try to execute in the fall and right. make sure we understand that. But like it doesn't really matter what's in your playbook. Because let's be clear, we heard from former players, they practiced a bunch of stuff at Auburn the last eight years that they never ran on Saturdays, right? So what's in your playbook is irrelevant if the guy who's calling plays on Saturdays isn't actually calling the play so we have to make sure the guy who's calling the plays understands how to beat the team that we're preparing for and i have confidence that bobo can call the right plays if they're in the playbook form to paul yeah right so that's what we're going to be focusing yeah on. um but yeah man so I'm, I'm confident in our ability to do that sort of thing
1: yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting seeing how they, they they scheme here um i see uh they're there are a couple of comments here that make me laugh. Uh, Big Gap uh, says that I'm going to be a Bo fan this year. I certainly hope so. Listen, if he's the guy, why not? Why not? Be his fan? I'm, I'm, not. A, I'm a fan. I'm a fan regardless because I'm an Auburn fan. So I'm I'm rooting for Bo. If he starts the season, I'd like to see him end the season. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, If, you know, I, I don't want to see us struggling, switching out quarterbacks after four games, still searching for an offensive identity. That's yeah. what I don't want to see. Yeah. So this is a decision that Parson um, is making. I, I, I'm going to trust it right now because he seems aware of at least what needs to be done better, mm-hmm. right? Which means that he'll keep, uh, you know, he'll keep him on a tight leash, man, if he's not doing the things that's being asked of him, right? I think the offensive line will improve this year. I, I, I'm confident they'll improve this year. I'm confident that, that, that Bo will improve some this year, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't, You know, we don't need him to be, you know what, Mark, Mark Rogers asked us, uh, Ike, uh, what did he ask us? He asked us about uh, what would be an uh, acceptable completion percentage for both. Right. And I just think mid 60s is a reasonable progression for him this year. Right. If he can improve from what has been 58, 59 percent to like 65, 66 percent, I'm good. Because that extra 5% can be the better decisions that he's making that will give us a chance in a lot of games that we, you know, have not had a chance in over the last two years. So I think that's reasonable. Winning quarterbacks in our league have been in the seventies over the last three yeah. years. Yeah. The, the better quarterbacks
2: in the in the nation are going to be in the 70s. Um, right. But but again, I don't need you to be the best quarterback in the SEC. Somebody talked about Bo Nix was rated out, out of the teams in the top 25 in the FPI of quarterbacks. He was like number 21 of the top 25 quarterbacks. I don't care. I don't care if you are a Heisman contender. Right. And I said this when I talked, uh, you know, we were talking with Mark. I want to see you be in the mid-60s in completion percentage, Thanks. and I want to see your um, your touchdown-to-interception ratio be low. Like, I want it to be a high ratio of touchdowns-to-interceptions. So take care of the ball and complete the passes that are available there to you. That's all I care about. Right. 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 King is, I admit that it should be 70%. Hey, listen, um, yeah, listen. a if he huge 70%, joke. I'm very happy. I'm just I'm saying buying that. I'll buy a Bo
1: Nix jersey if he throws the 70%. Is that a right. commitment? But is that a promise? Yes, point? 100%. I am buying a Bo Nix jersey. Wait, 100%? Don't change it now. I thought it was 70%. No, oh, he's saying 100%. I know, I know. <laughs> right, I'll go buy Bo Nix jersey. Nicks Y'all heard
2: it here first. If Bo Nix ends the season with a 70% completion percentage, Mike is going to wear a Bo Nix jersey Banks. on. So because I'm begging we're going to go to the SEC championship if that. Happens. Right. Right. So he's going to wear it on our preview show for the SEC championship right. game. Bo Nix jersey so y'all go ahead and Pony up a yeah, few dollars to make sure that, right. that happens Because I don't know if he's going to pay his
1: own money Yeah for that. so <laughs> speaking of which our GoFundMe you can find this link in the about Section <laughs> of our YouTube channel If you uh, want to see me in a uh-huh, Bo Nix jersey uh, You can donate There to uh, help make that dream Happen if Bo hits 70% completion percentage Um well You know we're, uh, we're nearing the end here guys uh, A day's coming uh, We, uh, So I want to come full circle here for a second You know about um you know, again, what we hope to see uh, uh, is a reminder to our viewers, right? For me, it's just, I just want to see, I just want deve- to see development, right? I want to see that guys know their assignments. Um, you know, uh, I want to see the res- some of the results of this strength and conditioning program that they've been through, that they've raved about, right? Uh, there were a lot of comments about Shivers just looking apps like a, just a ball of muscle. And, you know, I just want to see um, that, we have a clear plan in terms of the two deep, Mm -hmm. right? You know, we seemed one deep in a lot of positions, especially offensively. So I want to see how, how, how much did they bring along those second string guys, you know, Um, so that we have a backup and, you know, the better teams in our league, man, when the starter goes down, it's just next man up and they keep pushing. Right. So uh, that's what I want to see, you know, and, and then who's number two, who's number two behind Bo? Right. You know, is it Demetrius Davis? Uh, I'm pulling for this kid. I really like him. Um, I hope we don't have to throw him to the wolves this year. Uh, But I think, you know, uh, he's got a chance to be one of the most dynamic quarterbacks that we've seen here in quite some time. Uh, uh, You know, maybe since, you know, Nick Marshall, Uh, but he's got a chance to be something special. Uh, Brian, what are you, what are you, what are you looking, what are your hopes for a day? Shea Garnett. I want to
0: see him play more meaningful snaps than just practice snaps. I want to see him play. I want to see him play against the ones. I I hope that he alternates drives against the first team defense, though, because I want to see equal pairing of, yeah, you may have burned the second team defense. So if if Bo struggles against the first team, but say they put Shea in there and he plays against the second team, then if he shows really well, you know, they can kind of spin it. Oh, well, you know, we expect him to play well against us. No, 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 no. Yes, we understand it will create a controversy and the media and the fan base will go crazy if Bo plays mediocre against the first team and Shea kills it against the first team. But that is the reality. If you have one guy who can competently perform against the same competition that the other guy struggled against, now that's your situation. You're the head coach, so deal with it. Don't protect Bo if Bo isn't playing well enough to get the job done. Don't Don't create optics like this was fair and even and it was a, no okay if Shay's the better guy i want to see it. and i'm only saying Shay because he looks the part and he's the more mature of the younger quarterbacks that's the only reason i'm saying Shay. i'm not excited at all to see grant lloyd and he's gonna take some <laughs> steps from somebody that we really want to see god bless him i mean he's there we we hope he does well if he gets the chance but he's gone after this year we i'm not interested in him i'm interested more so in what we got going forward. We know what our cap is for this year. It's nine is, is high, even though that's my expectation. Eight is likely. Ten is pie in the sky. So we're not going to win the SEC this year. We're not going to win a national championship this year. So if that's the case, I want to know what next year looks like. And I want to know that this staff set us up to win next year. All right. Man, these comments Yo, hilarious.
1: Yeah, I'm dying. Uh, Billy Jones says, can we get Gus on here so we can ask some WTF? Billy? Uh, <laughs> really? Watch the film. No. Um. Yeah, all right. Uh, you know what, Billy? Uh, I hope one day we're big enough that uh, we can make that happen just for you, my friend. Just for you. Yeah. Um, Yo, so people have been asking.
2: Let me just go ahead and put this out there. B-Will lives in Auburn. Mm-hmm. I am making the trip down to Auburn this weekend. I don't intend to go to the game, but I will be out there wandering around. So if you are not following us on Twitter and or Instagram, then you might not know where I'm going to pop up because I'm just going to pop up a couple of places and I'm going to probably like go live from wherever I'm at and be like, yo, I'm going to be here. Y'all come holler at me. And I'm you know, I'm try- I'm going to try to have some, just, just follow us on social media so you know what's up because I will be down in Auburn this weekend. Right. Uh, wandering around campus randomly so
1: yeah right so uh ike uh closing thoughts here on a day, yeah.
2: Um, for me, a day again. The trenches. I want to see what it's going to look like. I do really want to see what we are going to be doing. Uh, somebody mentioned this in the the tight end room. Like, I want to see how we're going to be utilizing. Uh, I I forgot who it was that had the quote that said the tight ends are are definitely being used differently now than they ever had been previously. Right. So I want to see what that's going to look mm-hmm. like. Deal, um, deal. Yeah, that. Luke Deal. Yeah. So listen, I want to see it. I, Cause I've been, I've, we've been hearing about the tight end position for like three years and then we get into the season and it's the same old tight end. I'm tired of that. Right. I need to see something else happening with that position. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see that this year. Um, and I'm just excited to, to, to watch from Auburn football, man. I, you know, listen, whatever happens, let us be better than last year and let us uh, go out here and, and, and make some people respect us this year. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Uh Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me say this one more thing before we go. My bad. Um, we will be doing some game day lives. Um, so we're going to be live 30 minutes prior to kickoff for a day and then we'll do a post game live for you all. So you guys join us here for a little pre game action, little tailgate action for Saturday and a post-game reaction. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys Absolutely. on Saturday.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, uh, so yeah, we'll post that up so that you guys know when it's coming. It'll be on the schedule. Gentlemen, uh, I w- just want to say thank you one more time to the most amazing subscriber base on YouTube. I really appreciate you guys' engagement and being a part of our community. We're blessed to be here to do this with you. We're signing off. As always, War Eagle.